This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. The Dunedin Multicultural Council is a non-profit organisation that works to support the multi-ethnic communities in Dunedin. Since many of our members are migrants, we focus on providing opportunities to get to know people and develop new skills, networks and links with the wider community of Dunedin. Welcome to Dunedin Multicultural Council On Air. We'd like to welcome our listeners to Otago Access Radio. And I've got a special guest in the studio, is Umi Asaka from uh, Japan. Now, Umi, can you introduce yourself and tell us um, about where you're from? Sure. Kia ora, Peter. Thanks for having me today. Welcome. Um, my name is Umi, and I'm originally from Japan, Tokyo, uh, especially a very small town called Kunitachi which is like Dunedin, actually, because it's a university town. Oh, a university town like Dunedin? Yeah. Oh, I'll get to that, how you end up in Dunedin. Tell us more about your hometown. It's a, like a suburb, one of the smallest suburbs in Tokyo. So Tokyo is actually not a city. It's a name of prefecture, like a state. Oh, okay. So Tokyo yeah. is like Otago, yeah. for example. and. Mm. Quintachi is like Mosgill in some way, oh, okay. but yeah. a little bigger version of Mosgill because we have a, um, one of the well-known universities in Tokyo called Hitotsubashi University, and there are lots of students and different culture. There are lots of music and different kind of art going on in the city. It's also close to the nature. There was lots of small hills and streams where we can have a we can play outside it was the best place to grow up in japan i mean in tokyo so it's a little different from what people would imagine tokyo as because it's not the big city yeah because uh, yeah i i expected it to be like a concrete jungle but that's quite you're lucky to be growing up in nature yeah around um streams the hills forests Yes. It sounds like Otago. So what brought you here to Dunedin? How did you end up here? Before I came to Dunedin, I moved to Aotearoa when I was turning 15 in 2011 oh, yeah. from Tokyo to Fitianga, one of the small towns in North Island. And I went to high school there. And we came to New Zealand because... There was a big earthquake and the nuclear power stations accident in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I remember. Yeah, my mom's hometown is Fukushima, where the nuclear power station is. Yeah. So we decided that it wasn't safe anymore to live in Japan. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very sudden move because the accident happened and we were in New Zealand three weeks later already. I mean, we actually had a plan to travel to New Zealand yeah. without before the accident. Yeah. But it was supposed to be just a trip, but it became one-way trip, basically. <laughs> and we, um, I stayed as a student, international student in a local high school. And when I finished local high school, I decided to come to Otago to study um, because it, Otago University seemed like the best option out of all the other options yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. 
And I also, when I came to have a look at the Niden before I came to university, I really liked the sceneries around the peninsula. Yeah. And I thought, oh, if I could live here, I would be very happy. Yeah. And so I moved, and I obviously haven't moved away. So I, <laughs> I really like, I do like it here. And how was your transition from living in Japan to living in Aotearoa, New Zealand? I think transition was. It could have. To be honest, I don't remember too much. It. What I was so. Um, I guess I was so in the moment of trying to adapt to the new environment and the fact that I don't remember much kind of makes me think that it wasn't as easy but yeah. at the same time luckily I come from the small town of Tokyo mm. moving to a small town in New Zealand was I didn't mind it yeah, I actually right. enjoyed yeah. I like the slow pace of New Zealand, mm. especially Fitianga, we were living close by the beach, so we could go to the beach and spend time there and the nature. And yeah, I liked that pace. I didn't speak much English at the time, so yeah. that was hard, obviously. It's I went to English school for eight months when I came to Aotearoa first to learn English. And then I moved to local high school after the English school. So after the eight months, I thought I could speak English, but I was wrong because <laughs> <laughs> I went to high school and I could understand, I couldn't understand any of my classmates for at least a month or so. And I had to keep asking questions in the class to understand what was going on. And that wasn't the most fun thing to do. And sometimes I would ask very silly questions in class that would um, bring lots of laughter in the classroom. That could, which isn't bad thing. It can be fun thing to provide to the classroom, but not always fun as a young person to be center of these kind of attention. Well, you've done well. <laughs> and um, you must be part of New Zealand culture by now with the amount of time you spent in New Zealand. Yep, potentially. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I, um, we've got um, one of your friends here from Japan in the studio with us, who's behind us, and um, she's a musician. Yes. And um, we're going to play one of her songs. Can you um, introduce the song and the person that um, created the song? Sure. So, luckily, at the moment, I have my mum and her friend, who is also a support worker for my mum, uh, staying with me and my friend her name is Konatsu Sogabe and she's an um, acoustic musician in Japan and one of my favorite songs of her is called Bottom of the Sea and my name means the sea in Japanese so yeah I thought it would be a good song to Your play. Your name means the sea? Yeah. Umi yeah. means the sea. Mm. Oh, well I hope you enjoy this um track by Konatsu called Bottom of the Sea.
Listening to what's called Natsu Sogabi, and it was called Bottom of the Sea, recorded in Japan. Um, in the studio was Umi Asaka, and we we're talking about her life and her um, transition here from Japan to New Zealand. So, Umi, you now live here in Dunedin. What do you do here? So, in my introduction, I forgot to say that I am a proud second generation disabled person. Yeah. By that, I use a wheelchair to get by and I have the same condition as my mom and so I'm a disabled person and I work as a disabled researcher at the Donald Beasley Institute which is a national independent research institute focusing on disability and disability rights. Yeah Mm. and how long have you been doing that? I've been working as a uh, at the DBI for the past four years now Wow. Mm. How are you finding it? It's great. I really like being able to listen to other disabled people's stories. And before I started working in DVI, I had an opportunity um, to be part of FriendLink and Studio 2, which is an organization in South Sudan. Yeah. Um, but... That was one of the first introduction to being part of a disability community because even though I'm a disabled person myself um, and I have a really strong disabled mother, I, when I was younger, I had a time where I didn't like my disability or the identity that I had, not because of my own body, but because of all the stigma or the discrimination that attached to it so i tried to pretend that i wasn't disabled person by staying away from disability community but when i was in fitianga i had a classmate who told me that she didn't want to become a friend with me because i'm a disabled person and if she was hanging around with me she would also get discriminated against and that was a wake-up call for me to be like okay my approach to disability community that I don't want to be part of the community isn't working because (laughs) (laughs) even if I don't want to be part of it other people would see me as a disabled person and I don't want to be repeating the similar kind of message that my classmate 
repeated to me, which yeah. is horrible. So, horrible. yeah, so yeah. I decided that I don't want to be like that. And when I came to university, I had an opportunity to meet um, some different disabled people. And one of the person was Dr. Robbie Francis Watne. Yeah. And she's a really staunch disabled um, researcher in New Zealand. And through um, her, I got introduced to the Donald Beasley Institute, which has been really um, great opportunity and also a wake-up call to actually understand what the community experiences because my own experiences is my own, so it's not representative of any other disabled people, but there are lots of experiences that we do share and when we can share or understand each other's experiences, I think that's when we can become stronger to raise our voices of how things should change or need to yeah. change. Yeah. yeah, so I've been learning a lot for the past four years. And yeah, I'm very grateful for that um, opportunity and space where I can learn like that. You know, um, I met you at, at an event with the Dunedin Multicultural Council. And I noticed that you um, are quite involved with community events which is, I think is a great thing because so am I through the Dunedin Multicultural Council and um, we learn more about ourselves and each other when we're involved in community events. But um, it's really great that you um, are working and being able to, to um, communicate with other disabled people because yes. you can understand um, some of their plights and things that they have to go through. And... Um, um, if um, there's anyone that's listening to this program and you want to um, get hold of us or me, um, you can contact the Tiger Access Radio and um, um, get hold of me, Peter Kesher, on the Dunedin Multicultural Council on Air program. Um, so we're from here. Well, we have lots of really exciting projects that's going on at the moment at the Donald Beasley Institute. So I would like to... I. I'm working as a researcher, but I only have bachelor um, yeah. as a degree. So yeah. my next step is to um, study masters oh, okay. and further my skills um, in being a researcher. Especially, a lot of the research that's been done in the past um, within or about disabled people has been. Um, by researchers who are not disabled people. And that's also, like, my boss is a non-disabled person, but I, she's amazing and I have so much respect for her. So you don't have to be from the community or you don't have to have the identity to be researching, but there is something about being a disabled person and also dis doing a research within the disability community where we can um, relate to each other and write in a way that is authentic. Yeah. So, and there are still limited disabled researchers, especially disabled women of color yeah. in the world. So that's 
my challenge is to father this pathway. And my background is social work, and yeah. I still really like um, working with people. So my dream is being able to teach at the university oh, within the social yeah. work department. So we'll see if I can get there. Well, I believe you can fulfill <laughs> your dream. I'd like to thank Umi very much for being part of our program and for um, sharing your story with us. And um, I know that you will affect a lot of people in your lifetime and um, those things that you put out there um, will fruit and help other people along the way. I would like to finish off with a song that Umi chose. Can you tell us about the song? Yes, thank you, Peter. So my last song that I chose for this show tonight is called Jugon no Mieru Oka, which means a hill that you can see Jugon by Koko. Um, and she's an artist from Okinawa, which is the south island of Japan. And the song is actually about peace and protecting the nature from the military construction in Japan by the U.S. Army. Um, and I, there are so many things that goes on in the world that feels like out of our mind, which is like uh, so many horrendous things. But what's important is being able to remember that the nature sustains our lives and that we need to protect the nature to protect ourselves. And I think the song is about that. So I want to leave with that message. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
This programme was produced by Peter Kesha Music for Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.